cool. We are finishing up today our series on the names, the prophetic names that were given to Christ by Isaiah some 600 years before Jesus was born. We've been focusing on this scripture, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. As we've had the opportunity to go through each one of these names, when we looked at Wonderful Counselor, we said that God is the one that can absolutely give direction to our lives. He's the one that we can call on. He says, I am a lamp to your feet, and my word is a light into your path. I will guide you through life. When we saw Mighty God, we began to understand that not only does He have the, the mind to give direction and the wisdom to give direction, but as Mighty God, He has the strength to deliver us. He can take us from point A to point B. He can take all of us from point A to point B. And the Scripture says that, that all things are working together for the good of those who love the Lord, and they're called according to His purpose. He can do it without conflict. And so he can take the person sitting on the back row over here in that corner and the person on the front row here. And he can work our lives for our good, for his glory, his purpose, and never contradict the good of another. So wonderful counselor, tell me where we're going. Mighty God, I'm holding on to you. But then we see everlasting father. He doesn't get us halfway down the road and then say, you know, I didn't count the cost of that. I sure was wanting to help Bill, but now that I think about it, I'm going to bail out on him. No. Everlasting Father stays with us, walks with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He is the beginning and the end. And when we get to the end, he was already there. And today, we look at him as the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. You know, in the book of Luke... When the angels came and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. If we, when we get to our focal passage this morning, Philippians chapter 4, it says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. In fact, the passage would say, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. So we're focusing on Prince of Peace. Well, when the Bible talks about peace, it really refers to it in three different ways. 
The first thing that we would see is that it talks about eternal peace. Romans 5.1 says that we have peace with God. That means the penalty, the consequence, the separation from God for all of eternity has been reconciled through the blood that Jesus shed on the cross at Calvary. We are eternally secure. But not only does it talk about internal peace, but it would talk about external peace. Romans 12.18 would say, For as much as it's possible with you to live at peace with all men. The scripture tells us as believers that we are eternally secure. We have eternal peace. We've been reconciled to God through Christ. And then he said, as those who have been reconciled, I want you now to work to be reconciled to one another. To have, e ex to have external peace. But then also the scripture speaks of internal peace. You see, because just because I have peace with God, I'm not guaranteed to have the peace of God. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of God rule in you. Since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Internal peace, peace of God. Or God's peace that we have internally. But after you have peace with God, then we must seek every day to have the peace of God. Of God. You see, I truly believe that everybody in this room has something that concerns us right now. For some of us, it's maybe how are we going to pay for that Christmas that we just enjoyed. Because December 25th is amazing, but January 25th, oh my goodness. Yeah. Some of us are sitting here going, what about my health? How am I going to have it? What about my life? God, what have you called me to do? What about my job? What are you wanting? How are you wanting to work? And, and we're just, ah, 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 ah. And he says, peace with God. That is what we're trying to focus on. Because if Jesus is the Prince of Peace, wanting to give peace, then we as believers, we need to learn how to appropriate that peace, that takes us back to that, if you'll turn in your Bibles with me, to Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. This is a prison letter written by Paul to a group of people. And in the middle of being in prison, in chains, and surrounded by Roman guards... Paul is writing, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious. If you were in prison this morning, in chains, surrounded by guards, don't you think you might have just a little bit of anxiety? This morning, do you have anxiety? Is there something that's gripping you? Something that is grabbing and pulling and has you imprisoned? Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. Let your gentleness be known. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. Isn't that amazing? Whether it's a situation that's been made for me or a situa situation that's been made by me. He says, let your request. God, forgive me. God, cleanse me. God, strengthen me. God, hold my head up. God, help me to have the strength to walk into tomorrow. God, give me peace at this family gathering I'm going to today. 
He says, let your request. That means I can take anything, anytime, anywhere to him. And he says, it's good. Bring it to me. But he says, let your request be made known to God in the peace of God, which transcends. So how are we going to appropriate? How do we take what Paul's teaching us while he's writing in a prison, surrounded by guards, talking to us, instructing us? How do we take this and apply it to our lives? What is this formula, if you will, that Paul has laid out? I think the first thing is very evident. The first thing that Paul would say to us is rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. He tells us we wants us to have peace. He says the formula for peace is to rejoice. How do we connect with the peace? We rejoice in the Lord. So what is the source of the peace? Rejoice. How? Where? The Lord. When do we rejoice? What is the season of our rejoicing? He says the source is to rejoice in the Lord. He says the season for rejoicing is always. Now, I think he's qualified to write that. I think he's qualified to say it. I think he's able to lay it out there again because he has had many, many things done to him in life. He's in prison right now, and he says, at this moment, I'm rejoicing. In this moment, I'm saying, in the Lord. In this moment, I'm taking it to him. Don't you think it would have been a little more appropriate if somebody had written this letter to Paul? I mean, he's the one in prison. He's the one under the stuff right now. But in the middle with the clouds hanging over him, he's able to break the clouds, look through and see the light and to tell people, look, my life is where it is right now, but I want you to rejoice. I want you to rejoice in the Lord. I want you to be strong. He says, the source of my strength is Christ. Isaiah 26.3 says this, Thou wilt keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Paul says, I have peace. I can rejoice right now because I'm not looking at my circumstances. I'm looking at my Savior. My mind on him, Isaiah, the same one that prophesied about the Prince of Peace, says, He will keep your mind in perfect peace. Corey Ten Boom said, When I look at the world, I get distressed. When I look at myself, I get depressed. But when I look at Jesus, I am at rest. Rejoice in the Lord. John Wesley said, When I looked to Jesus, the dove of peace flew into my heart. But when I looked at the dove of peace, it flew away. So really what we're talking about here is serendipity. You know what serendipity is, right? You're focusing on one thing, and as you focus on that one thing, you get a byproduct of it. He says, I, Paul, am focusing on Christ. I, Paul, have my eyes set on Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. And he said, as I put my eyes on Jesus, then I got a byproduct, and the byproduct was peace. Isaiah said it was perfect peace. The angel said that it's peace on earth. Paul said it's peace that guards your heart and mind. He said, that's where it is. So, he says, rejoice. 
That gives you peace. But let's keep on going because he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. And then he just does something interesting here. Let your kindness, let your gentleness be evident to all. Why? Because the Lord is near. There's that command. Be kind. Be kind to all people. Now, again, you think about the context, where he is and what's going on in his life. And he's surrounded by people that are adversarial to him. He's surrounded by guards. And he said, if I'm in chains, I'm in chains for Christ. And if I'm in chains for Christ, then I must be here for a purpose. And if my purpose is that so all men might know that Jesus is the Messiah, then I have got to meet them where they are, and I need to meet them with kindness. And he says, because that command to be kind, but the condition is the Lord is near. And Paul knows if these people die without Christ, they are going to hell no matter how powerful they are on earth and how much authority they have over him in the moment. And so as I walk and I live life, he says, be kind. Let people know that you're on their side. Let people know that you are pulling for them. Let people know that, um, what's that song, you got a friend in me? Yeah. Because I am amazed. I am literally amazed at the people, number of people I know that think, I ain't got no friends. I don't have anything. And Paul says, they may not have anything, but if they come into contact with you, you let them know they have one person that's going to be their friend. Paul says, if you want this peace from the Prince of Peace, the one that brings peace on earth, the peace that guards your heart and mind, he says, you got to rejoice in Jesus. He said, you got to be kind to your brother. Isn't that interesting? Because when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment, what did he say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. He said, the second commandment's like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And that's exactly what Paul has implemented right here. Paul said, love God. Now, if you love God, go love some people. Go find you somebody to love on. He says, rejoice. He says to us, be kind. He says to us, to focus on Christ. And then if we keep going here, we'll also see that he says, do not worry. My momo would get on a tangent. And she would close all of her tangents with, I ain't going to worry about it. Well, when Momo said, I ain't going to worry about it, you knew one thing. It was worrying her. Paul says, don't worry. Let's keep reading. Because now he says, and do not be anxious about anything. We were paying bills the other day. And we use this thing called YNAB, why, why you need a budget. And it's an amazing thing because it actually helps you to account for money and this and that. But it's not in perfect always sync with your um, checking account. So you can look in your checking account and you got a whole lot of money. Or you can look on YNAB and not have much or the reverse. 
And I looked at YNAB and it said we were broke. And I looked at what we said we still had to pay. And it was like, oh my goodness. There's more month than there is money. I got anxious. Then Gail said, if you'll learn how to use it, you'd understand. We actually had money. You're okay there. Don't worry about it. But Paul says to us, do not worry. Now, I have to think about this because Jesus over in Matthew chapter 6, he was actually talking about worry when he was talking to his followers. And he made some comments to them about worry. He said, first of all, worry is unnecessary. Which of you by worry could add one cubit to his stature? You can't make yourself shorter. You can't make yourself taller. He said, so why are you going to worry? It's unnecessary. He said, what I do, what I told you to do, love the Lord your God supremely, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, let these things be added unto you. And Paul says, don't be anxious. Jesus would say, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. It's unnecessary. But then Jesus said, you know, it's not only just unnecessary to worry. He said, it's actually unnatural to worry. And then he used some little birds of the field. He said, they don't worry because your heavenly father takes care of them. And he says, aren't you worth more than a bird in the field? And if the heavenly father takes care of the bird in the field, certainly he's going to take care of you. He said, it's just not natural. Now, Satan would want us to believe it's very natural. He would want us to think it's very necessary. He would put all these things in our mind, and he would say, I want you to focus on those, because when we focus on those, we, our mind is not stayed on Christ, and therefore the elusive law of peace. He says it's unnecessary. He said it was unnatural. He said it's unhelpful. He said, you can't make your situation better by worry. Peter would have told us in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I think Paul is sitting here saying, the prince of peace, the one who brought peace on earth and goodwill to men, the peace that will guard your heart and mind, he says, Ladies and gentlemen, I've done it. I know it. I'm not writing to you in theory. He says, I'm writing to you by practice and what I have done. And he said, this is what I've learned. I'm going to rejoice in my situation. He said, I'm going to be kind to the people that God brings into my life. He says that I'm not going to worry because if I am focused on God, he says, I am causing all things to work together for your good. So Paul could look and say, I'm in prison and say, this is a good thing. Because the captain of the ship is navigating the path for me. And then Paul, he says, do not worry about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. He says, you got to pray. Have you ever been there when it's just caving in faster than you know what to do? And you just got to pray. God, give me rest. God, shut my mind off so I can go to sleep. God, 
Don't let me get caught up in all that's swirling and let me put my eyes just on you for a minute. Can I just see what you're doing, God? Can I see what you're doing? And I can tell you something. Where we are in the life of Mount Zion Baptist Church, that is a prayer. In fact, January the 4th. Y'all need to write that down. All y'all on your phone right now, go to your calendar app. And on your calendar app, put January the 4th, Wednesday night. We are going to have a corporate prayer time right here in this worship center. And we're going to call on God. And I'm going to ask everybody that even halfway claims Mount Zion Baptist Church is their church to be here that night. We're going to pray. Because we have the most desirable corner in South Atlanta for sale. We need to sell that corner. We've got 24 months to sell that corner. And every time we turn... And try to sell that corner. It gets blocked. We can trust God. And I believe he's at work. He's doing something in us. And for us and through us. But now we've got to call on him. Because Lord. It gets a little anxious at times. It gets anxious. So that night. We're going to pray. We're going to call on God. We're going to say, help. We need help. He says, pray about everything. Worry about nothing. He mentions prayers. And then interestingly enough to me, he, he, he adds to that and he says, petition or supplication. What is the difference when it when we come to God in prayer for a variety of reasons, to worship Him, to confess our sins, to ask for forgiveness, to thank Him for His blessings, to, to ask Him for things for ourselves, and to pray for the needs of others. Supplication. It's the Greek word. It means a request, a petition. So a prayer of supplication is asking God for something. Petition, praying on the ha- behalf of others. Petitioning God for you. God, bless this family. God, take care of this home. God, give them wisdom. God, heal their body. God, guard their mind. But that moment of supplication, Lord, I need you. God, we need you. Our church needs you. Mount Zion, we're there, God. We need you. He says about everything. And then he says to thank God. Give thanks to God in all circumstances in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. For this is God's will for you in Christ. We're to pray with thanksgiving. Thank Him in advance for what He's going to do before He's even done it. I believe God's going to deliver us. I believe God's going to take care of whatever needs to happen on this corner. I believe that God's going to take care of you, Mount Zion people. We're calling on Him. We're petitioning Him. We're offering supplication. In advance, we're saying, God, I believe you're going to work. God, I believe you're here. Paul says, this peace comes by rejoicing. This peace comes from being kind. This peace comes from not worrying. This peace comes from praying. And then he says, this peace comes in resting in the provision of God. Look at verse 7. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. 
guard. It means to garrison. It means to be encircled. Paul is sitting there. He is encircled by Roman guards. And he's writing. And he said, just like I'm encircled right now. He said, when you focus on Christ. He said, you are garrisoned. You are protected. You're encircled. When Terry Wright will pray sometimes for our church, he'll say, Lord, put a hedge of thorns around us. What he's saying is, God, guard us, protect us. Keep those who might have harm away. Keep Satan away. Circle us with you. That wonderful counselor, that mighty God, that everlasting Father wants to give you peace. And he says to us, rejoice in the Lord and let it be evident 